Hello and welcome to another episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 63. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Welcome back, girls. Welcome back. It's sexy three because there's three of us and yeah. we sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that description. So how's everybody been doing? What's going on? I mean, this like uh, daylight savings time, dude, it's really kicking my butt. Yeah. 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 I was I was just telling both of you, I'm asleep by 7.30 and up by 4.40 and it uh-huh. is not the business. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it's been a little bit better for me because usually I don't fall asleep till like 2 or 3 a.m. Oh. Well, now I'm falling asleep at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Almost like a normal person. Almost like a normal person. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what is that? <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of stuff going on. I mean, um, Henry Barajas went to London. I know. That was it a- was such a whirlwind trip. He mm-hmm. came in on... Tuesday night, I was texting him to tell him info about parking because he was doing a signing at Heidi Ho the yes. next day mm-hmm. at 10 a.m. And he's like, I'm just getting in from oh. London. I'm like, oh, my, oh my gosh. God. Good luck with that jet lag. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the next morning when I saw him, he's like, I'm so tired. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and he came, He went directly from Heidi Ho to Collector's Paradise in Which Pasadena. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, I don't know when I'm going to get sleep. I'm like, maybe you'll catch a couple winks on the drive. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm driving. I'm like, I know. <laughs> well, I mean, with traffic, I mean, you're at a standstill for so long. Uh-huh. I mean, I tried to make it to that event, not the Heidi Ho one because it was earlier yeah. today, mm-hmm. but after work, and then I saw the GPS said an hour and 30 minutes to yep. get there, and I'm like, I can't do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I can't. I still have to go home and change, and I just couldn't. I mean, props to Eddie when we were dating. I was living in Pasadena, and he Jeez. was making that commute from the South Bay. I mean, I went out there as well, or out here. Um, but he he would drive after work to go meet me like for a movie or something and yeah that drive down the 110 uh, through downtown can really really wow. I, I honestly don't think it's as bad as the 405 I don't think anything is as bad as the 405 yeah, but I true. mean an hour and a half mm-hmm. yeah I would say that's pretty accurate during um, rush hour yeah, most definitely. I mean, oh my God. Seriously, I, because of the rocking back and forth motion, I feel like I want to fall asleep. Yep. Cause I feel like. Stop oh, and go. Stop, stop and go. go. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Whew. It is. It's something else. So, I say as if I know how to drive. But I've, been, I've been in enough cars to know. Jen is a, um, what is it, a New York City girl at heart, because nobody there, <laughs> to my knowledge, uh, not nobody, but a lot of people don't bother to get driver's license because their public transportation is so amazing. Oh, I oh, wish. Oh, yeah, seriously. But didn't they just open the blue line again? Yeah, again, yeah. Oh, excellent. Hasn't it been down for like a year? Uh, oh, is that the one to Long Beach? Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, they were um, all re-fixing the electrical wiring and stuff because the blue line is old as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, Wasn't uh, it the first one that was built? I think. No, I believe the purple line or the red line were the first ones. Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. Um, um, I do too. But uh, if anything, I think the blue line was a close third or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Or the purple and red lines were, both of them were built and then they did the blue line. Mm-hmm. But it's old. It's old. It's old. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> it's but, okay. I mean, it got me to where I needed to be all those years ago, so I, I'm happy about it. Mm-hmm. Although I wasn't happy that I couldn't take it to, was it, uh, LA Comic Con. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was such a letdown. I'm like, I was looking forward to taking public transportation. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> it's okay. What else is happening? 
Kristen, did we get uh, press passes to San Diego Comic-Con? <laughs> so we, Commodity Comics, applied for press passes for the first time uh, to San Diego Comic-Con 2020. Woo-hoo. And uh, we and we were so excited about it. <laughs> so like, oh my gosh, yes, we're going to go. We're going to, yes. We're going to impress them with yeah. our 60-something episodes. We've been on panels at San Diego Comic-Con, so they can't tell us no. <laughs> well, we just got the email today. We we did not get press passes for San Diego Comic-Con, but we did get them for WonderCon. They approved us for WonderCon. So maybe what I'm thinking Hell is yeah. that they're going, They, they it, it's kind of like baby steps. Like maybe that's what they do to everybody they want, that oh, they yeah. approve. And then they're like, okay, let's, let's see if they're worth their... Uh, they're waiting <laughs> in interviewing skills, oh, yes, yeah, and, and then they'll get their San Diego Comic Con passes. So if any of you actually have any ins, or you can put in a good word for 2021, <laughs> please uh, hit us up and let us know, because um, that is right now that's our whole holy grail. <laughs> it's okay. We're gonna do the legwork, leg so it'll be fine. Another mm-hmm. exciting piece of news is we are recording in Compton, but we're recording in our new studio. Oh, that's right. Yes. yes. It's a very nice. It's new and it's improved. 90% complete. We still have one wall to do to actually put the sound stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm really happy with it. Although in the summer it's going to be really hot, so we got to think of something about that. But right now it's great. You yeah. could run from one end of the room to the other with a Velcro suit and jump up and stick to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I, make it, I think it makes it look fancy. It does. It, it does. does. It makes it look very nice. And hopefully it translates to you listeners as better sound quality compared to I mean you always can tell when we're in our Compton studio as opposed to our Burbank studio. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's true. Not, not to mention the fact that we occasionally listen to the helicopter in the background. Yeah, here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a special thanks and shout out to my husband for actually making this all happen. Yay, he actually hi. went out to downtown LA with me and we bought the foam and he put it up all by himself, cleaned out this nice and uh now i have to have a yard sale (laughs) yeah honestly this room i don't know how many feet by how many feet it is but it was wall-to-wall boxes oh yes yes definitely so yes where did they all go (laughs) where did all that stuff go yeah well, we condensed a lot. A lot of stuff we uh, got rid of, but um, we have a shed outside, so we put it in nice That's boxes. right, you do. Mm-hmm. That shed outside actually could be someone's house. It's it's almost as big as my house. When we built it, <laughs> I was like, I could sleep here. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can rent say. that thing out to <laughs> small families. <laughs> this, room, this room would also be like a really sick streaming gaming room. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be excellent. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, most wow. definitely. 2021, 2022, Commodity Comics Twitch channel. <laughs> <laughs> I already have one. Oh, do you? Uh, yeah, I have a Twitch. Uh, so I don't, I hardly, because I've streamed a few times, but I don't have a camera, so it's just me, like, playing video uh, games and okay. stuff like that, so you don't see my face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've never, like, done the whole, like, uh, e-girl look, even though I kind of want to. Well, we have, that's a look. Jen and I have a, um, mutual friend who just started streaming playing on um online streaming mm-hmm. uh, i don't even remember what the name of the game is some old doom doom yeah doom no i think it's doom i think it was something else 
Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Some PC game. <laughs> he has only been doing it for not even six months. But I would say two or three months. He has already convinced watchers. He has 90 um, contributors. Five dollars a Are month. 90 of them. Yes. Wow. Oh, that's baby that's steps. Really cool. I know it is, but, but still. somewhere. That's like mm-hmm. for doing something that you enjoy or for something that you're but I mean I use the term quote unquote enjoy very loosely because he freaking (laughs) streams 12 hours a day every freaking day like you really have to be consistent and to build up your and he doesn't edit any of this no it's all live streaming it's all live streaming yeah Yeah. no but what I'm saying is like 90 for 5 for just doing I mean I know there's people out there that make a a, like 6 figure living out of Mm. this I asked him if I could do it topless he told me that was another channel (laughs) (laughs) that is another channel and actually oh my god it's a whole thing it's a it's a it's a whole thing but i mean i'm down i have bills there's specific rules about what how you can dress or how much cleavage Uh, you can twitch really on twitch yes because it was a big thing because before there was nothing Mm -hmm. they're not really like you couldn't like do straight up porn yeah 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 but a lot of gamers complained about the e-girls or girl gamers because they were taking away their watchers. Yes, yeah, so they're taking their away their what? watchers and getting more money because they would have yeah, yeah, yeah. like low cut tops yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Haters. And I was just all like, yeah, they were. I they know, are. haters, haters. Yeah. Just because you ain't got them, I mean, you can do something. <laughs> well, they have them. They just aren't supposed to have them. You just just play, <laughs> just play. Yeah, you just yeah. Them. You they can be topless. Mm-hmm. Oh, they sure can. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. But anyways. Commodity comics gold. <laughs> Stream topless? No, oh, just, that's just streaming. I mean, it doesn't have to be topless, but I mean, I'm not opposed to I mean, it. I wear a push-up bra, guys. <laughs> that's fine. And now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. Jen, what do you have for us today? I have two pieces of chisme. Uh, one of them is that Brooklyn... Because um, I worked in an office building where it was kind of like a hub of a whole bunch of different organizations that shared office space. And the administrative assistant that... Um, sat across from me that was a different organization. Her husband actually was a background actor on that show. Oh, and so really? she would talk about it and then I, I think he actually got like a speaking role as as the series progressed mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if he's still on it or not but um, so because of her is when I, why I started watching it and I really enjoyed it a lot. It's really funny. Yeah. And so Brooklyn Nine-Nine had been on C. CBS? No. NBC? No. It had been, no, yeah, it had been on CBS. And then went to NBC. And then went to NBC. Uh That's right, because they canceled it and then NBC picked it up. And then people were telling, like, Netflix, Netflix, pick it up. And then Netflix was just like, no, we're not going to. So NBC picked it up. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess they have gotten enough back views that they uh, that they were like, okay, we're going to greenlit a season eight because season seven still hasn't dropped. Oh, okay. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. So they're good. And speaking of other seasons that were greenlit, The Witcher, uh, the live action adaptation by Netflix, has been greenlit for a season two, even though season one hasn't come out yet as well. Oh, it's going to be on That's, Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. What is so a Witcher? Is, yeah, what is Witcher? So Witcher is a very... Witcher was originally a series of books. 
that oh, was okay. adapted into video games. Oh. Uh-huh. And um, um and now it's being adapted into a live action uh series. I've heard of Witcher, but I never knew what it was. It's really really good. Um uh, I have I've actually not haven't played the first or second Witcher, but I do own Witcher 3, mm-hmm. which I released like a couple years ago, I want to say like four or five years ago, and it won Game of the Year. Wow! Really? Uh, yeah. That's wow. At that cool. time, because uh, like its graphics still hold up. It's still like really good. The story's good. Uh, and what, what uh, the is the gameplay. basic storyline about? The basic storyline is that in um, uh, so old Europe, in the old world, there's demons and witches and uh, monsters and stuff like that that attack regular people. Mm-hmm. And in order to defend themselves, humanity has turned to. Uh, witchers, which are basically people who have taken up training to fight them and also consuming demon blood. Wow. So <laughs> there's like, and they're like, there's, and like, and so they, so they have a powers and, and abilities. Okay. Uh, and, um, uh, that helps them fight against this oncoming horde uh-huh. of, uh, monstrosities. Uh, but they're not treated very well because they are, they have one foot in like humanity and right, one right, foot yeah. in, yeah. uh, demonic. Neither ki, neither ya. Yeah. Neither ki, neither ya. Yeah. Um, and Henry Cavill is going to be playing Geralt, who is the main Ooh. character that we follow. Mm. And they did a really good job, uh, with, um, <laughs> um, wow. Uh, well, he's a very hot guy. He's, yeah, he's, he's very he's handsome. Very, very Meh. handsome. Mm. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I'm not gonna kick that out of bed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and then we're just, uh, it's weird for Netflix to immediately green light, green. Yeah, yeah. Greenlight of season two, especially since they've been getting uh, a lot of flack for uh, not renewing some other stuff. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where this is where this goes. But there's been an uptick in fantasy based stuff. Yeah. Thanks to Game of Thrones. Yes. yes. And so yes. I guess people are trying to like throwing darts on the board and seeing what sticks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it seems that Witcher might stick. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah. I mean, I also heard they're uh, talking about maybe having um, the Sandman do. Uh, series on Netflix as well. I haven't read the entire article. I haven't had a chance, but that's very exciting. Well, I read an article the other day that said that Neil Gaiman was already working on season two. What? Is yeah. it animated or is it uh, live action? Honestly, and I don't know. I oh. don't quite recall. So. I mean, I want to read it, the article, but I just don't want to be like hurt, you know? Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, uh, Jason Gordon-Levitt was tied to a movie and then I don't know what happened with that. The movie was... I ah. DC, like, utterly rebooted all of that once they realized mm. that they can't fucking build DC Universe like Marvel has. I mm. think a movie would be such a disservice though to, oh, absolutely. to that yeah. world. Yeah. Same thing with Why the Last Man that yes. was like oh, a movie. Yes. Like that. I don't, I, there's so much there that I don't think yes. a movie Just yeah. like will Dark ever. Tower movie was horrible with regards to how much story is there in the Dark Tower series and they tried to cram so much into it. I mean The Gunslinger? Ma- yeah, the Gunslinger. Uh, Idris Elba? Yeah, Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. I mean, Long I was there for him. Man. He, Yes, he was amazing and I loved him and uh, he did a, an amazing job in the role but the just the, the writing of trying to cram so much story into mm-hmm. such a small amount of time. That's my favorite all-time Stephen King really? story, which spans across, like, multiple books. And th- these books are, like, freaking four and five inches thick. Wow. So that is a lot. 
Jeez, that's unfortunate. Yeah, so TVs, uh, I, what did I hear? Uh, Fresh off the boat. I don't know if any of you watch Fresh off the boat. Oh, but yeah, it's, absolutely. It's getting canceled. I know, I, really, I, know. I love that series. I love that series. I'm up to date on everything. Um, I Me too. Just, I, I watch love, it. And there was Evan, a, they Evan's had a, um, free comic book day book, uh, yes, they did. about uh, them last year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I love them. Oh well. But that's it for <laughs> Chisme de la Semana. Alright, Kristen, what time is it? Es la hora de la cervecita. And I think this time, Jen is going to be super excited about the beer that we're drinking, just based on the name alone, because it is called Dragon's Milk Reserve. <gasps> yes! It is a bourbon barrel-aged stout, and it has a flavor. I don't know too much about this flavor, but it is Dragon's Milk Reserve Oatmeal Cookie. Oh, that sounds so good. It really makes me nervous you're pouring that over the board. <laughs> Oh, from here, it looked like you were over. I've never had this before. And Sarah was telling me that she's actually, this has been on her radar for quite some time, but it only came in the bigger bottles. Like, what we have right now is, like, how many? Like, this is a a 12-ounce bottle. Yeah, it's like a regular beer bottle. Yeah, a regular beer bottle. But... The bigger ones are like 24, I would say 20 to 24 ounces, and she didn't want to buy the big one because um, usually when we record, we record and are drinking more than one beer, and she was like, we can't have this big one because this freaking beer is 11.0 alcohol by volume. Wow. 11%. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> so this beer is actually a limited release. It was released September 2019. And um, oh. the little story about it talks about how it all started for this brewery. What's the name of the brewery? It's called New Holland Brewing. New Holland. It started for them in 1997 when Brett Vanderkamp believed that his hometown and the brewing industry were due for a shakeup. And so New Holland Brewing Company was born in Holland, Michigan, near the shores of Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. And today, New Holland is recognized as one of the leading innovators in the revolution of craft brewing and distilling. With nearly 500 team members, New Holland's craft beer and spirits are sold across the country and around the globe. And their retail presence continues to grow with two full-service restaurants, a spirits tasting room, two brick-and-mortar stores, and an online store. So if you are wow. not in Michigan, it looks to me like you will not have any problem finding this beer or their products on online. I'm very, very interested. I have I haven't smelled it yet. I haven't I think intaken its bouquet. <laughs> um I am not an oatmeal cookie fan, so we'll see. I love oatmeal cookies. Do you? But I, I you know what? As a kid, I was I always thought oatmeal cookies were a cop out because they had raisins in them. And and Fair. raisins I was like raisins were just what my grandmother gave me in my mind, like instead of candy. Oh yeah. Like yeah. trying to to like trick me. I'm like, not today, Candy Satan. <laughs> so I think that's why I have this negative thing about oatmeal cookies. Um yeah. so I mean raisins aren't my favorite, but I like them in oatmeal cookies. Yeah, me too. And uh, okay. and here here's the reason why. In elementary school, 
I had a teacher who would make cookies, and those are the Ooh. ones that she always made oh, and passed okay. out. And hers yeah. were so, so good. good. Yeah. And nice. you know, the truth of the matter is, is anytime I've had an oatmeal cookie, I've liked it. <laughs> but I just, I think I have this like, this mental block, block mm-hmm. that my mind goes straight to no, it's not going to be good. It's just like, a, <laughs> like, and then also as a kid, if I had a choice between oatmeal and chocolate chip, of course I'm going to take the cookie that has the chocolate in it as of opposed course. to the raisins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was this, um, it was a común dulce de, de arroz that my mom would make and she would put a raisins at the bottom, sort of like a jello huh. consistency and that was like delicious. Uh. But she would rarely make it. I don't know how to make it, so. And then, I mean, now as an adult, I like raisins. I'm fine with it. I like them in my oatmeal and stuff. My mm-hmm. grandmother, even, she would make capiotada, and it would gross mm-hmm. me out because it was full of raisins. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you are know, you guys ready to taste it? Because yes. th- I'm like, I've been tasting it, by the way, girls. Yeah, <laughs> like, we can see. You. So, I got this at Torrance Beer Cellar. Okay. Um, I Like I said, I've been eyeing the big bottle for a while, but it's so it was so much beer with such high content and we usually drink more than one sometimes on our recordings that I didn't mm-hmm. want it to be um, the person that caused us to be in a car accident or anything like <laughs> I wanted to be like responsible but I I love the name first of all the name I was like Jen yeah, yeah, and Thank then you. next thing I was like, "This is gonna be awesome, right?" Mm-hmm. Um, and bourbon barrel aged, yes, definitely yeah. bourbon, one of our favorite bourbon barrel aged stout. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so what, what do you guys think? I will tell you some of the ingredients on the label, mm-hmm. uh, but not just yet. I want to to hear from you guys. Also, I gotta say that on the label, the independent uh, brew upside mm-hmm. down. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. On there. So, okay. So what did we say that meant again? Uh, that meant that w- they were part of the support board of group that are independent craft brewers. That's right. Yes. That's mm-hmm. right. Okay. That's so you know how you, Kristen, say that whenever you smell a hazy IPA or something like that, your mouth starts to water. Yes. That's me with start with stouts. Really? Because mm-hmm. when it, now whenever I smell one, I can feel my mouth watering mm-hmm. because I have found that. I really, really do like these. Yeah. I've learned to appreciate IPAs and hazy IPAs yeah, and yeah. double IPAs, but I think I am, my go-to is going to be porters and stouts yeah. because mm-hmm. I really like them. And I really like this See, one See, you're too. a coffee drinker. I, I am. She loves coffee. Yes. I do. Yes. I like coffee. I like caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> I have had Dragon's Milk beer before. Oh, like you uh, have. the other types okay. that, um, uh, that they had, uh, when we had what was the um, uh, the nineties or no the eighties themed Fender's Crest party that we had? Yeah, oh yeah, the 80s. yeah, sequels. Yeah, yeah the sequels. Mm-hmm. I bought a barrel. I bought oh, a beer. Oh, that's right. And it was really, really good. And yeah. it was one of the huge mm-hmm, ones too, because mm-hmm. that's all that they had. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so and I bought Delirium as well. Mm-hmm. But the Dragon's Milk one was really, really good. I remember that night. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But it wasn't this one, um, uh, because that one was. It was strong and it tasted strong. I am drinking this and I'm mostly getting, it definitely has, you can definitely taste the bourbon aged part of it. Coffee, which I am of not course. opposed to, <laughs> but it's not super, super strong. Like I could probably drink this and drink the whole bottle and then be fucked up. And oh, not yeah. realize. <laughs> not realize it. Yeah. Yes. And then not re- cause it, it goes down very, very nice. Smooth. It does. Yes. Yes. It does. It's really very, smooth. very smooth. And that's, 
dangerous. Eleven <laughs> percent. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking. I was just like, this is eleven percent. It yeah. sure as hell doesn't taste like eleven yeah, yeah. percent. This is Kristen. Um, yes, when I smell IPAs, hazy IPAs, any IPA, my mouth starts to starts to water. But honestly, I've been off IPAs lately because they sit so heavy in my stomach. That's I've, true. I've really been choosing pilsners and lagers um recently just because i just wasn't in not that i wasn't enjoying the taste of an ipa but the heaviness and the fullness that i was feeling afterwards i was like i need a break and lagers and pilsners go down way easier uh and that's also kind of dangerous right? <laughs> know, yeah. um but i yes i'm not a coffee drinker i don't i prefer i don't really like the taste of coffee i mean eddie makes fun of me because when i'm drinking coffee he's like um you want a little bit of coffee with your milk and sugar <laughs> uh, because that's what i have to do to make it go down. Oh, wow. But, I mean, this stout is like a really yummy coffee that I've put like, I don't know, 10 of those little coffee mate <laughs> flavor <laughs> packets yeah. into. And it does. I don't taste oatmeal cookie, but no, it's very either. sweet uh, mm. and it is it is very flavorful. Um, I tastes kind of like caramel. Yes, um, like yes caramel. definitely. definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And there's another taste in there that's just below that I can't quite... It's um, almost chocolatey? Cacao? Maybe. That's what I want to say. Well, let me tell you guys, because I really wanted to hear what you guys want, what, uh, were going to say about this. It's an oatmeal cookie reserve, mm-hmm. but it's bourbon barreled aged stout with cinnamon, oh. Oh. raisins, brown oh. sugar, oats, and vanilla extracts. Oh, wow. So okay. all those flavors kind of make a, a, a kind of an oat, I wouldn't say oaky, but that kind of like a little thickness on yeah, your yeah, tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, And the yeah, sweetness, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited about these. I mean, I, wow. I'm very impressed with this. I was going to say, it's clean wood smoke. Clean well, wood smoke. Yeah. So, like, you know, if you've been camping, you know how when you're burning logs. Oh, log, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, fire for a log. A fri- fire from logs. But they they have to be dry. Mm-hmm. They have to be, like, really dry. That smell, that's kind of what it tastes like. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty decent. I like that. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I really like this. I didn't think I was going to like it this much. I really am impressed with the mm-hmm. it's not it's light but it's thick. I don't know how to it's, yeah, it's it, they describe they describe it as roasted, malty, and smooth. It is yeah. very smooth. smooth. Yes. The only thing about these beers is that they're so sweet. I think that's why. It's not that I don't like them, but I can't drink a whole bottle. I have to share something like this with somebody because mm-hmm. it's just so overpoweringly sweet for me. Yeah. Um, and for this one, as uh, as like Edgar from Beer Thug Life told us that we should let it out, so right, I took it out of the refrigerator right, yeah. sometime before. I didn't air it out, but as it's gotten warmer, mm-hmm. I feel that the notes of the um, raisins are coming out more. I've mm. actually noticed when we do stouts and porters that when it starts to warm a little bit, the the taste um, the taste changes. Yeah, well, I was gonna say the not the palate, but the the tones. I can't. I don't know what the flavor. The official. Term that I want to use, but um, the makeup of the of the of all of the flavors and stuff does start to change. They become more prominent. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can yeah, like you're saying, you can you, you can, can pick them out individually. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, definitely. Are you ladies ready to rate 
the beer. And as a quick reminder to listeners who might not remember, our beer rating system is a scale of one to five, where one is flaccid, two is initial, three is partial, four out of five is full, and a five out of five is rigid. And if a beer is very, very yummy and amazingly good, a six out of five is a super saiyan. Mm-hmm. So, Sarah, what do you rate this beer? I'm going to go rigid, only because I think that I would totally drink one of these bottles, the bigger one, by myself, uh, by a fireplace, you know, maybe with some cookies. I think this, <laughs> I think this is one of those dessert beers that you can have with like cookies or ice cream or. Okay. Uh, now over a bowl of ice cream, mm, of vanilla ice cream. Uh, yes. That's, yes. Um, that sounds really good. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, I'm not one to eat with my beers. Um, so this is something that would, um, inspire me to actually include a dessert. Mm-hmm. So yes, mm-hmm. that's my that's my score for that because this is, has uh, sweetness, which I usually don't like in beer. But this one, with the raisins and um, the vanilla and the oatmeal, I think it goes really well. Mm-hmm. Jen, yeah, what is your rating? I'm gonna give it a full, simply because I had liked the other one that I had mm-hmm. more. For the dragon's milk one. Yeah. But it's still really, really good. When I tasted it, I couldn't... I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting maybe like to feel like I was biting into an oatmeal cookie. Yeah. So it it wasn't that, but it was still really good and I still really did enjoy it. So it's going to be a full for me. Well, this is Kristen, and I'm also gonna, I can't speak today. I'm going to give it a full, which is a four out of five. Um, because the flavor is really good, the ABV is really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even though I don't like coffee, and there is a coffee taste there, I mean, it is very flavorful, and it is very smooth. And um, I I definitely am enjoying it. I just don't think I would be able to, based on just the sweetness alone, finish it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm somebody who doesn't... It's not that I don't like chocolate, but I can only eat limited amounts of it. Like, if I go to a dinner and we have like dessert and the dessert is a chocolate brownie I'll really want it and it sounds really good but I'll take two bites and that's enough I'm done yeah Mm. so that's what this is like is because Mm. it's so sweet Mm -hmm. so but it is very good it's very flavorful and I do enjoy it so I am going to give it a four out of five I'm going to give it a full so I mean just a real quick question I mean do you guys think this is a a beer that like um, a guy can introduce to a girl that she might find enjoyable like if she's not a beer drinker first Mm. of all um a guy can introduce to either a guy or a girl or a friend (laughs) it's a really negative and wrong stereotype that women do not enjoy beer or dark beer Mm. i have a friend who loves porters and stouts and she goes out with her guy friends and orders the dark beers and when they come at to deliver to the table they automatically give the dark beer to the man Ah, i'm like oh my gosh i I didn't know that there was such sexism in beer drinking, <laughs> honestly. So, <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. Uh, so, but I do think that it is a beer that you can give to a non-beer drinker yes. that they mm. would enjoy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going for. I didn't know how to phrase it. But, <laughs> um, but that was our beer review, guys. I hope you enjoyed that.
All right, guys. So this time we're not going to review a book, but we are going to review an event. And what is the event, Kristen? Well, this is an event that I'm really sad that I missed because I was so looking forward to going to Pennsylvania, right? Ooh, That's where we yes, were at, right? Yes. Because Philadelphia. Since I was a little kid, I'm not gonna lie, I I think it was like Sunday mornings when there's nothing else on TV. There were these um like long, really um involved infomercials mm-hmm. about Colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> and I've always wanted to go. <laughs> so when you talked about this place and going to Pennsylvania, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much history there. I would love to go. And I remember when I researched it, it was like really far from where you were going. But, mm-hmm. um, but I originally, we all were going to try to plan to go. And then I had uh, a half marathon that day that I couldn't go. And I don't remember what other issues happened that. Sarah was the only one who was able to go. Mm-hmm. She went to the amazing Nerdtino Expo. That's Nerdtino. So it's kind of like a play on the term Latino. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, Nerdtino. And I actually think that that's such a, a, a really clever name. Cl- yes, clever, clever name. Mm-hmm. So they are the first Latinx comic book convention on the East Coast, focusing on promoting the presence of and history of Latinx, Hispanic, Afro-Caribbean, Afro-Latinx, and Iberian creators in geek culture. Mm -hmm. Comic books, literature, video, games, sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and much, much more. So the origin story of Nertino is that to combat the erasure of Latin Americans in popular culture and media, (laughs) Nertino Entertainment Studios organized a Latinx geek community on social media. Um, And actually, yeah, I follow Nertino on Facebook and they're very active and they always share a lot of cool and interesting stuff. And their goal was to promote the presence and history of, uh, like I said, Latinx, Hispanic, Chicano, Afro-Latinx and Afro-Caribbean creators and fans in geek culture. And so this year it was November second. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um it was Nerdtino Expo 2019 and it was their third annual. Sarah, we you really haven't really said much about it cuz you've been saving it for the listeners and and Jen and I are going to be hearing mm-hmm. and learning all about it right along with them. So yeah. tell us all about Nerdtino. Spill the deets. Well, it was really amazing. It was in a, a, a taller Puerto Riqueño. It's like, a, I think it's like a community uh, uh, activities building. Uh-huh. Uh, very colorful, very nice. There was parking in the back, which according to my cousin who lives in Pennsylvania, says that it's very rare for a uh, place to have its own parking. Usually people have to park on the streets or find parking on the streets. Oh, really? So, yes. So, she actually purchased her tickets uh, online ahead of time, unlike myself, because <laughs> I forgot <laughs> for some reason. Um, but I got there. It opens at, it opened at 11 o'clock, uh, 11 o'clock to 6 p.m. Um, I got there about 1230 because I had been, um, Parting it up the night before, but uh, all over town. What? It was great. Say it, was, it ain't so. Oh man, it was amazing. Man, I can't believe I stayed up until four in the morning. Oh my goodness! Yes, that's the first time that's happened in like I don't know ten years. Two nights ago for me. <laughs> well, yeah, you're in your early twenties. Yeah, I mean, of course, mid twenties now. Oh, oh no! Oh, 
<laughs> it's all downhill from here. Yeah. Yeah. It's all downhill. <laughs> I can't even drink like I used to. <laughs> well, immediately upon entering, I found I was hungry. So there was this... Uh, they Ooh, actually the had food must have been amazing. They had some people there that were selling food Ooh. and it was pretty delicious. I had a burrito because I really needed to taste everything all at once in every mm-hmm. bite. So I sat down and I was just eating my meal and I'm like, I have all day to enjoy this. So like I sat down, I ate my meal, I walked around and then I walked in and then I wanted to see like the, the, the girth of the place. So I walked mm-hmm. all the way to the back and I was like, just peering in this room where these people were sitting and they're like, come on in. So welcoming. They immediately were like, just come on in. And I'm like, mm, are you talking to me? And they're like, yeah. And um, they're like, yeah, we're about to start a panel about uh, learning how to do a, kick- a successful Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm tired and I love panels. So I'm just going to sit here. And I sat there and it was really interesting. They had some really great panelists. I tried to do some audio extract from the panel um but they were uh i think they were just so far away from where i was sitting that i couldn't get like a clear audio Mm -hmm. but it was just really entertaining very in-depth stuff a lot of the panelists had done more than one kickstarter on books some of them even talked about their failure in some kickstarters Mm -hmm. but how they had success in others and i mean some of them i one of them i think had like nine wow uh, maybe like i think seven successes uh it was just amazing it was really informative Formative. Mm-hmm. Then I went around and I actually talked to Edgardo Miranda Rodriguez. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. you guys remember him? Our old friend. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I ran into him with this boy. Uh, I didn't make it to his panel, which was earlier on in the day, but he was there and he s- said that we should definitely think about going to Puerto Rico Comic Con. Oh, right. I mean, yeah, she, <laughs> because she said, he said that it's completely lit. It's amazing. There's a line outside the door, like, wow. be, like an hour before the event opens. And he suggested that we actually do Airbnb so we can contribute back to the community. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of using hotels because hotels hotels are not owned by yeah. the local Puerto yeah, yeah. Ricans. Mm-hmm. So I'm like that's really great information. I mean, you know what the coolest thing is when like you're there with your cousin who you haven't seen in a while because she lives in Pennsylvania and we were walking up to Mr. Miranda and he's like, comadre! Oh. And he's like, he recognized you? And I was like, oh my God, yes he did! So it was like really amazing. It just made me feel so happy. Like, she's like, wow, you're you're really getting out there. Yeah. You're really doing something. So mm-hmm. that was like, kind of like, it just felt really awesome to have somebody outside of our circle to recognize yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, we had a long chat and then when I went ahead and I did a lot of interviews, mm-hmm. I met a lot of people. I saw a lot of new Lat- Latinx creators, which I thought was amazing. They have amazing yes, stories. That's awesome. The, what's awesome to me is that going over to the East Coast made it possible for you to meet creators that would never m- otherwise make it out here right. yeah. to that, us. So, yeah. And some that we've met before, like uh, the writer and artist of, can't remember that book. He also does the Aztec popular culture poses stickers. Oh, yeah. Wrath of the Giver. Yeah, Wrath of the Giver. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I couldn't think of it for some reason. <laughs> but um, I was like, hey, and he recognized me too. So now I got two. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, my God, he recognized me too. And I'm like, well, um, you know, in all honesty, I've met him before. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, he re- totally recognized me. And we went on to talk about it. And I was like, I love your book. When is issue two coming out? And he's like, well, I'm working on, on one shot, uh, like stories. Yeah. So, uh, he's like, so I wasn't really planning on 
doing uh, issue two and I go, but there, I need to know what happened with the kids, but um, <laughs> maybe considering it, but he had a whole new set of stickers. I actually bought the Dragon Ball ones. Oh yeah, yeah. Super cool. And then he just came out with the shirt with the Frida Kahlo, which oh. I will, I will, I'm going to share that because that's a cool ass shirt. And I feel that if I bought that shirt, which he didn't have at the con, uh-huh. people would stop me in the streets to ask me where I got he it. He had a really mm. cool Spider Gwen yes. one that he had just designed but mm. didn't have any of the um anything like stickers or anything he just had the design there mm. and i had wanted that one so bad but he it wasn't ready yet he had just oh, designed it so man. um his stuff is really cool i i have a i think um i bought his batman one and his wolverine one but they're so cool it's it um popular pop culture characters um but done in an aztec um like character type way. Yeah, sort of like the old Aztec art yes. that you see like mm-hmm. on the walls and stuff. Like hieroglyphs. Yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Um he had Dragon Ball stuff. I mean he had a lot of I wish I could have bought everything. Yeah. That was really awesome to talk to him. He has a lot of stories coming out and I'm like, as soon as you have another book out, you gotta let us know. Like I to- we totally want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I also met another fellow, his name is Father Evil and his <laughs> catchphrase and him I saw in the lobby he he's he walked back by me uh-huh. and then I noticed his eyes were white and he looked really evil and in a priest outfit yeah. and I was like I, ha- I was taken aback and he's like I could smell your sins oh. and, I, and I was like whoa <laughs> so I went to his table big and- deal so can the catholic priest <laughs> in the church <laughs> but his stuff is awesome he actually promotes himself uh-huh. so he has shirts um, busts that he prints out on the 3D printer stickers oh, cool. and all that it's all him it's just him yeah. it's amazing it's like oh so he's kind of built himself so a persona bre- yes that's yes, pretty cool yeah and I'm like you're great for parties let's let's hurry <laughs> uh-huh. but he was amazing is this a picture of yeah him? he looks really creepy i love oh it. he does look creepy also kind of hot yes thank you <laughs> <laughs> i had to do a, a second shot i'm like whoa he is kind of hot <laughs> um that was <laughs> that was really cool so i, pick- I feel very gay in this moment <laughs> i'm just like i don't understand <laughs> No, I, it was great. I mean, down to his, like, eyebrows, I think it's, like, on point. <laughs> you know who he mm-hmm. looks like to me? The lead singer of Disturbed. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so this oh actually was a very intimate Comic-Con. Um, I think they have room to actually make it a lot, a bigger one just because they have the parking space in the back. They could put tents out there. Oh yeah. They had a lightsaber duel for the kids in the back. Oh, it was really fun. cool. They had face painting. Um, they had a lot of vendors, some cosplaying, uh, panels and stuff. So it was really amazing overall. Mm. But some of the books I picked up, I picked up, um, a book by actually Jen. Can you introduce that book for us? For sure. This book is called Messenger, and the artwork looks pretty sick, actually. And it is Messenger When God Comes, created by Israel Caraveo Jr., written by K. Caraballo, interior cover, interior art and cover by Jim Kyle. And it's edited by Chrissy Torres. Yeah, and this was actually um, a dummy, D-U-M-M-I-E, Comics, Inc. 
um, is the it's a publisher and they are actually the pub they did their own publishing and this book I picked up because his father uh, the writer's father was the inspiration behind this book mm-hmm. because he actually came up with the story and he just made it possible as a as a graphic um, issue comic book so mm-hmm. I picked that up they were really awesome I did an interview with them which will be coming out shortly on our Facebook page and on Instagram um, I also picked up a book, but this is not a graphic novel. This is an actual book. Prose book. Prose book. Book with no pictures. What's that? I know, right? <laughs> yes. So this actually cover really looks cool and interesting. And the title is really cool. Um, the Trouble with Wanting and Other Not Quite Fairy Tales. And it's by Rami Cortez Drix. And on the back, uh, the description says, Fairies, witches, three-tailed fox spirits, and other fantastical creatures troop spiritedly through this collection of seven short stories. Quirky, cute, with a dash of dark, the following tales will lead you on journeys seeking revenge, the source of unwanted magic, the disturbing truth in a kindly old woman's eyes, the right to a tiara belonging to a legendary fairy godmother, to help out during the American Revolution with a little help from fairy magic, an end to reoccurring nightmares, and to mend a ripped kimono while visiting Philadelphia's fairy court. Often clever, sometimes gruesome, but always whimsical, these wee tales will charm in every sense of the word. Readers entering the strange and engaging worlds presented herein should be sure the things that you befriend there are truly on your side. This was super interesting. And uh, the writer, uh, she actually interviewed with me, and I will also be posting that a video online. Um, it just—they were just so excited about this book, and it, you could find this book on Amazon as well and uh, Kindle. So, if you're interested in that, we'll share a picture of that a little bit later on after this episode airs. Uh, we also came across another fellow who actually contributed to uh, both anthologies about Puerto Rico and the por- uh, Puerto Rico. Puerto, uh, Puerto Rico strong and La Boricueña? Not La Boricueña, but uh, the uh, Reconstruction. Reconstruction. And his book is called? This one is A Reason to Smile, Volume 1, written and illustrated by Javier Cruz Winnick. And the art is so cute. Yeah, and he actually is the one who actually uh, did the panel for the Kickstarter. Um, he mm. kickstarted this project, and also he went on to explain a lot about um, the cost of the printing versus uh, okay. how you, how you want to uh, lay out your book with the paneling and the words um, and how that you incur more cost if you don't um, actually make it flow well. So that was really mm. interesting, and um, I picked up that book, and I will. I also did an interview with him, so you will be able to check that out on our page. A well, little later this on. is a super cute. It looks like all ages book. Um, it's an illustrated children's book. It looks like, and it says Luisa Brillante is a big city girl who loves to people watch. With so many people and places to see, there are always new adventures to find. Every once in a while, she gets to help someone out too. While the problems don't go away, they learn that together they can find an easier way to deal with them. Walk with Luisa and see how she always finds a reason to smile. Yeah, he's actually a teacher, so I feel that there's going to be a lot of interesting uh, learning moments with these books. So you could also find this on at local bookstores and also on Amazon. Um, We also came across it's Concrete Comics. Uh, There are the publishers for several books, and I just picked up one. Can you tell us what I picked? So she picked up 
Aqua, like Aqualite? Aqualite? <laughs> and I was just like, wait, 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 wait. I gotta, I gotta turn on the other side of my brain. <laughs> and I was like, oh wait, it's Aqualite. And it's, so it's Aqualite and the, the artwork for it is pretty sick. And it's, uh, The Son of a Supreme. And this is issue number one. And it is, the short synopsis for it is, in a solar system far from his own, Dimitri Price finds himself face to face with destiny. He must accept the inevitable and embrace the power within in order to protect the people he loves. Does Dimitri have the courage to become the acolyte, guardian of the cosmos? And then he has a little quote that says, Men die, legends don't. This is the legend of acolyte. So That's was, profound. That is Alonzo Star Allen. Story by Lonzo Star and Neem Parsons. Written by Derek Lonzo Star Allen. Pencils, inks, and colors by Opi Hidaya. Hidaya at my, and Michael Woods. Cover and splash pages by Bruno Lima and Matthews. Uh, letters by Black Hydra. Uh, edits and co-edits by Brian J. Lambert and Daniel D. Calvo. Is a very interesting, um, publishing company. They actually, uh, had about four books coming out. Um, there's a particular one I'm really interested in. It's uh, written by a student that was given a scholarship to go to school here. He is from Cuba originally, mm. and um, he is writing a story about a Mexican immigrant. So I'm very wow. excited to read about, about that. And I actually interviewed um, the founders of the publishing company, Concrete Comics, and also the writer um, of this other comic book, which I cannot recall the name for right now. But you guys can find that information. I will be posting that interview as well. Um, and we have two more. Um, one of them is Iznana, which I love the name. <laughs> Iznana the Were-Spider. That sounds super cool. I, know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was on the panel for the Kickstarter, and I thought it was super interesting. So I'm very excited to read this. Uh, this is book one of Istana. And it is about accidentally breaking a barrier between our world and theirs. The mother kingdom, Iznana, the son of Anansni, the spider, god of stories, accepts the responsibility for releasing creatures of horror into our world. Villains who will not hesitate to cause chaos and mayhem to achieve their own diabolical or selfish goals. With guidance from his father, Iznana not only strives to live up to his father's name, but also to realize his own potential while he seeks to discover his individuality and find his place in the world. That is, if he can survive an encounter with one of Anansi's arc rivals, Osebo the Leopard, a dangerous foe who seeks to be the legend remembered and not forgotten by any means necessary. I love it because they have Anansi, also one of the characters yeah, yeah, yeah. we learned about in another comic book, uh, uh, the girl who married a skull. And oh, I learned, yeah, and I learned yeah. more about her, uh, Anansi as well in that uh, American Gods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, American Gods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, is this really a spider who's like a werewolf? I, I mean, I think isn't it like a where spider isn't like is it a person that turns into a spider? Like where is the uh, yeah, like where the yeah okay yeah, where bear and stuff like that yeah where bear uh, so where is just oh, basically uh, okay a human that turns into something else yes yes um, oh. this is the where spider and um uh, the writer for this is Gregory Anderson Elise Elise artist is Walter Ostley the another artist is Lee Milwelski Lee. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. <laughs> Cover artist, logo designer is Walt Mazonza. Letter designer is Joshua Cozine. Oh, Joshua Cozine! He works with Stranger Comics. Josh! Oh, really? Oh, Josh! Yeah. Josh, yeah. Oh, wow. 
Who would have thought of that? Nice. Nice. That one looks cool. I know. I can't wait mm-hmm. to read it. It looks really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last but not least, um, I actually picked this fellow was super nice. He, um, unfortunately, it was before I started doing the interviews and he didn't have a table. He just was at the panel. Oh. The Kickstarter panel and he, he, he gave us that book. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is called Unstoppable Origins and it's published by Unstoppable Comics. And the little description on the back says, Accomplishments fade with time, and courage is tested in every challenge. Bear witness to these heroes, villains, warriors, and ghosts as their strength wanes and their sacrifices are dismissed. Each step brings them closer towards a collision course with fate. Each step is destined to make them unstoppable. I love it. He has a bunch of books. I think he has like nine books out. Um, he's really passionate about his work. He was there with his wife and his wife was filming and I thought that was super awesome. He unfortunately like I said did not have a table and once I started doing the interviews I didn't get a chance to see him again but he's definitely he said that if I ever wanted to he, he could come on Las Platicas with us. Okay um, cool. Yeah so um, but he was super he said you have any questions um, you just email me and I'll help you out. I'm always about helping everybody else out. And that's one of the things I took from this convention as in all these conventions that we go to that are a lot smaller that everybody is so welcoming everybody is so helpful they're uh, forthcoming with their information and any questions that we may have yeah. they're able to answer them I did a couple more interviews where the books weren't available but I will be posting those up okay, so cool. that um, you can probably find them on Amazon or Kindle but that was just an amazing event and I think it's it's prominent to say that if anybody wants to take a little small vacation to Pennsylvania and uh, take it and go to this convention or participate in it. I think it would be great. I just was like road trip, and then I thought I, I thought back to our drive to Modesto, and I was like, nope, no, oh no, no, no. Um, and I'm getting I, heavy ascendant vibes from this. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that's yes, what I was yes. Too. Yeah. That's exactly when he handed it to me. I was like, oh, this kind of feels like ascendant kind mm-hmm. of feel. So um, it is superhero driven. So I, I can't wait to read that as well. So. That was uh, my little kind of uh, kind of brief talk on Nerdtino. Well, I'm really excited to watch all the interviews and videos that you are going to be sharing on Facebook and Instagram. I think that it's super important for us to kind of branch out and meet uh, creators from all kinds of different backgrounds and cultures. And you're still in the United States, but I mean, the East Coast is really a different Mm -hmm. culture than what we have out here. Mm -hmm. And so if... Any of you listeners are from there and you know of any creators or you have uh, any recommendations for us, please let us know because we're out here on the West Coast. You know, I mean, we have a, a, a big um, pool of people to choose from, but uh, we know worldwide there's so many different uh, Latino, Latinx uh, creators that are out there that... Um, we would love to be able to share with everybody. Yeah, definitely highlight their hard work. Mm-hmm.
And now it's time for On My Radar. On My Radar this week is a book that I believe that I might have mentioned it on a past, on a past podcast, but it finally came out last week, I believe, and it is Gabby Rivera's new book called Be Be Free. It is so freaking cute. Um, it's a new comic book series, um, from Boom Studios. I, I want to say it has like a YA feel and aesthetic to it, mm-hmm. and the art is very, very like chibi cute style. The story is, uh, it's gonna be a series where she lives in this world where BB is the name of the, of the girl, where there's a disease called the plague that ate greed, and it wow. has wiped out the extremely wealthy. <laughs> and wow. natural disasters have disrupted everything else. This, like I said, came out two weeks ago, so that was the last, the first week of November? Yeah. And so it's a coming of age series and BB Free lives with her father in Florida. And she's a teen whose limited contact with the, the rest of the world is through a radio show. So she, I read the first issue. She does a radio show with a friend of hers that I think lives in like a different area. And so like, it's kind of like her best friend, but they only have this connection of uh, mm-hmm. a radio show that they do together. And the first issue is really about her dealing with issues of like, wanting to go away to college and her dad wanting her to stay and like that there's nothing out there for her that he needs her at home and so I felt like that was a story that a lot of people can relate to and especially just from the work that I've done with a lot of um, Latina girls like a, a story that issue that they've dealt with a lot um, in their families too where they were expected to stay at home and take care of their families instead of go out do anything that they were interested in doing. Mm-hmm. Um, in the progression of the story, Bibi is going to learn that her father has not been telling her uh, uh, some, she's been keeping some secrets. Um, but she really wants to venture out into the world outside of her swamp in search of the truth. Um, the readers, this article from LA Times says readers can expect Bibi also to figure out some truths about herself along the way. And the title of this article says, Gabby Rivera's new comic book series is a love letter to queer kids everywhere. Aww. That kind of gives you maybe a little insight to maybe where the storyline is going and Aww. some of the introspection that BB is going to be experiencing throughout the story. So when Gabby uh, was asked about about her character BB, she described her as um, BB Free is the trippy wild adventure road trip I always wanted to go on as a kid with a post-climate change America twist. Chubby, nerdy (laughs) teen me daydreamed about heading out into the world with a super cool best friend and doing whatever we wanted, usually on motorcycles with magical powers and no parents to mess with our fun. With BB Free, I get to do all that and more with one of the best artists on the planet, Royal Dunlap. And like I said, the Mm -hmm. art is amazing. The other day, um, there was a young woman who came into the store and based on the books that she was buying, I told her, I think you would love this book because I had just read it. Mm -hmm. And all she did was open in it and she was sold based on the art wow. alone. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. Um, I highly recommend it. She, uh, Gabby, if you don't know, she's a queer Puerto Rican, um, writer and she, um, she did America. Yes. So mm-hmm. with the America book that we reviewed way back when and, her writing in this series so far, I've only read issue one, but her writing is so genuine to mm-hmm. um, the teen voice. Yeah. Uh, so I highly, highly, highly recommend it. 
now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. That's me again. Oh. <laughs> You're on a roll. <laughs> so today I have for you a Kickstarter. This Kickstarter is um, for a bilingual Latinx illustrated story anthology called Cuentos. And the um, the Kickstarter is actually put on by Creatively Queer Pro- <laughs> It's a tongue twister. Yeah. Creatively, Creatively Queer, queer. Press. Uh, And it is, um, today is November 13th? 14th. 14th. And it has, as of today, it has 16 days to go. So by the time you listeners are listening to this, it'll still have some time. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, um, it's, um, it, this anthology is going to showcase Latinx artists and their interpretations of folklore from Latin America and beyond. Mm. So that's kind of similar to um, the um, the African folklore book that we read where mm. the artists and the writers took these African the uh, girl who stories the yeah, yes. uh, mm. and and kind of put their spin on it. So that's kind of what this is going to be. Oh, nice. Their goal is $4,000 and they've, um, with 16 days to go, they've reached half that. So they're oh, at nice. 2075 So um, there's all kinds of cool rewards on here and um, you can get digital and physical copies. Um, you can get signed 8x10 art posters. Um, you, there's one where there's a watercolor sketch that you can get. Um, there's all kinds of cool things and um, I highly, highly, highly recommend um, going onto Kickstarter and checking out the different, there's a co- actual comics section mm-hmm. so che- there's always cool projects that are up there but um, this one specifically caught my eye because it was, it's um, it's a bilingual Latinx illustrated yeah. story anthology wow. yes. nice And now it's time for saludos. Mm-hmm. And today's saludos goes out to Sarah Queen B. You can find her on Instagram at sour, S-O-U-R, underscore queen, underscore B. And she's part of the uh, SoCal Cerveceras, as you, as you guys have heard on our Las Platicas episode. Uh, she recently invited us, invited us to an independent women's club. Uh, the meeting was at Indie Brewing Company in L.A., and she was the guest speaker. Um, she had a very motivational speech. She talked about the brand that they're building. She talked about some of the issues they went into and she talked about uh, future projects and also had answered questions about how it is and how you can also build your own brand. So it was a very cool. a very inspirational speech and then we had beers afterwards and we of course had the uh, beer chug at the <laughs> end of the night uh, with Beer Thug Life but it was really inspirational and if you guys want to follow them you can follow them at SoCal Cerveceras um, you could also follow her at, like I said, at Sarah Queen B. Um, it's, it was just really amazing to be around a lot of women that are all very passionate about what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, also came across some information on, uh, their home brewing events where uh, a lot of people participate and they all get together to taste this one of a kind beer that is never going to be brewed again. So that's always very exciting. Um, they have a great time and they're always, they always have their, uh, doors open for new members so uh, check them out on Instagram and we'll post those links up on this episode and that brings us to the end 
of this episode. Uh, where can you find us? You can always find us on Facebook at Comic Comadres. You can find us on Twitter at Comic Comadres, where you can DM, DM us as well. And you can actually email us directly at comadresycomics at gmail.com. You can fi- follow us on uh, Snapchat at comadresycomics. And that brings us to the end of our episode. We have been your host. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.